0: Welcome to the Entrepreneurs of Edmonton podcast. Tune in to other entrepreneurs who have successfully navigated the Edmonton business landscape through their stories of adversity, triumphs, and strategic relationships. And now, your co-host, Chad Bandman and Matthew Donnelly. All
1: right, Chad, we're we're trying out something new here where we're doing these mini episodes on business topics, uh, just so we know how you're doing today. Doing good. How we sell? Yeah, I'm I'm excited, man. I think this should be a lot of fun. And I thought we would start at the beginning. I think a lot of companies make a few missteps at the start when we start talking about vision and mission. And and before you roll your eyes, everybody that's listening, you know, this is a really important concept, as simple as it is, but I think there's a lot of missteps companies go through. So let's talk a little bit about personal vision, you know, where, where you want your organization to be. I think it's important because I think a lot of times the first question I ask people is, you know, is your vision for business in conflict with your personal dreams and aspirations? And I think that can be a challenge. So, you know, why don't we look at a personal vision chat and like what it is and how do you create it? So how would you kind of define personal vision and what goes into it?
0: You know, I think think one of the things that's come up in the last little while and some of the people that we've interviewed is that a lot of businesses get started by accident. We see a lot of people who just fall into their roles. So it's not a pre-planned event. They don't have this fancy business plan. So they just start going. They have an idea, right? So they see a problem, they solve the problem, and they start. That's cool. So you start that process. Then you grow, right? Now, as you grow and you hire people, what happens now? How do we all pull in the same direction? Why are we here? What's the purpose of being on the same team, right? And that's the issue is that in, in small to medium-sized businesses, a large part of what happens in the organization is what's the founder or the owner doing? And they kind of dictate, you know, what's going on and what the feelings are and, and what's happening. So a lot of companies at some point start to grow up, right? They go from the kid stage to the teenage stage and they go, well, you we should have some vision and some goals and some mission. And they treat it as, a, as an intellectual event, right? Mm. We're going to get around our table. We're going to hire like some kind of consultant. We're going to talk about our vision and our mission. And it's going to sound really intellectual. Yeah. And then we're going to print it on some really cool marketing stuff and might even even put it on a wall somewhere. And then we're done. Mm-hmm. Right. And then what happens? Well, then nobody knows what it is. And you say one thing, but do another. And so you get all this conflict. Right. And so I think one of the biggest mistakes that I, I think I've seen out there is is the vision and mission isn't it's it's an intellectual thing and it's not connected to any emotional thing
1: yeah I I can completely agree. So at the very start, you know, we we look at the personal side before the business side. So you as the entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got this goal in mind about what you want to do. And so some of these people fall into it by accident and then we start and maybe there's some success right away and it starts growing. But sometimes that growth can be in conflict to what you actually want for your own personal life. And I think it's really important that we've got this vision, this personal Mm -hmm. vision of where you want to go because business is going to facilitate a lot of that. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know where you want to go, then you're just going to end up somewhere and you might not be happy. And how many entrepreneurs have we met that are successful and miserable human beings?
0: Oh, they hate their business. They
1: hate, they hate everything about it. And you go, well, how did that but happen? They, but they
0: got the golden handcuffs, yeah, right? It's yeah. making them money. It's it's profitable. Yeah. But they can't leave.
1: Yeah. And you look back <laughs> and go, well, if you had a choice to do something different and grow in a completely different way to fulfill what you wanted personally in life, would you have done that? Or were you just trying to grow something big for the sake of being big? So I think it's important that people start with this personal vision about mm. you know where they are now, where they want to go just personally. So what would be some of those things? And I, It's kind of dovetailing into life lifestyle design. But what are some of the things that people should be thinking about in their personal vision? Like if they're just kind of writing some notes out about what I'm really trying to do here, what would be some things that you think they should include into that?
0: Yeah. Step one, you got to uh, you gotta know what your core values are, right? You got to be able to say, this is who I am. And this is what I'm about. Right. So I mean it sounds simple, but when you ask people, hey, what's your what's your core value statement? I don't know if anyone's really thought of that. No, right. And no. so, you know, there's lots of writers and speakers out there who come up with things. One of them probably people have heard of is Simon Sinek and he and he had a great book on it called Start With Why. And it was really, you know, that book helps people and teams and companies kind of generate what what is our why? What is our core values? What am I about? Because if you live in your core values, if you live in that space, you're gonna feel happier you're going to be at peace, you're going to enjoy things, right. That's going to be, and it's going to feel good. If you are just chasing the money, you know, and if you have to do things or be something that you're not, or you're going to feel guilty, right? if you're like, oh my God, every entrepreneur says you have to give up your whole life, and there's yeah. no such thing as work-life balance, and you need to work 90 hours a week, and don't do that if you, if you don't want to be an entrepreneur and you don't want yeah. to work 90 hours a week, then don't do it. Well, that doesn't work for everybody. And as we've seen with some, some people, they, they do want a life. They do want to build in with hobbies and things that aren't just about business, and that's fine. So you just got to decide what you want. We don't all need to have billion-dollar businesses. A business, a lot of times, it can have an impact on the community. It can, you know, it can, you know, you can employ people in your community. You can give back money in your community. There's lots of things you can do that maybe appeal to you, right? Your right. business might have a social element to it where you, you take a percentage of your your profit and you give back to your community. And that's uh, that's what you're about, right? Because your value is to give back, right? right? You're a person who gives back. So you can build a business that gives back money into the community. Uh, I've seen other businesses. Um, One other one that was interesting that kind of does that is Chris Labossier, who was on this podcast uh, not too long ago, Local Waste. And they have a a mandate that they give back a percentage of their revenue into their local community because they believe they live there, work there and they want to make it better. Uh And that's what drives their behavior. Right? So you gotta know, you know, when you look at your personal vision, it's based on your core values, right? What are you about? And when you say it, it should excite you. Like when you talk about it and share it with others, you go, Yeah, that's me. That's who I am. That's what I am. And then once you understand who you are and what you are, then of course take it to your business, right? And and your team. What what are we about in in terms of this? You know, what where our story what are we proud of in this business? What have we done together? Where's been our greatest moments of glory and what's been our moments of ugliness. So what does that all look like? And that's all comes from storytelling.
1: So I know Ashley Jansen is an episode where you got, and, and she talked a lot about what you just mentioned, which was looking at your business as how does it facilitate what my you know personal life goals are, my personal vision for them was not about having a huge, massive business. It was more about having a lifestyle type of business. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important because you would make the wrong choices and have this incongruent lifestyle if you're not clear on who you are, what your values are, what's important to you. And you just you know, they got a lot of pressure about grow, 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 work, 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 work. And it just wasn't them. Right. Uh, I think it's important that people, it's okay to say no to that and build the thing that you want. Okay. Yeah, so, 100%. so we've got this, we've got this personal vision. You know who you are, you know what your values, you know what you're about. Um, let's look at the organization vision. So now, you know, the, the leader has got this personal vision of what they want to do. How do we define an organization vision? What, what does that look like? Who creates that inside the organization? What should this vision really look like?
0: So the vision, the organizational vision isn't, you know, it's created by the leaders of the company, right? The people who actually own you know, own the business. Mm-hmm. So it's a top down type conversation, but it's supported, you know, from the, the the ranks, from the bottom up, so to speak, right? And, and the goal behind it is, again, vision and clarity. What are we about? What are we here to do? It has to be something that's talked about regularly. It has to be something that is not just a one-time thing. It's regular thing, right? So not only do you put it on your wall, but again, you, you talk about it in your meetings. This is the vision. This is where we want to be. Because people buy into that emotionally, right? They buy into that story and they go, I believe, it, I believe, I want to be part of that vision. I get it. Uh-huh. And when they get it, they're engaged. You know, when you look at the numbers of people, the stats out there about non-engaged employees, it's massive. Mm. Right? It's massive. I and think. why do you think that is? Because there's nothing to be engaged with, right? It's all, what is it? It's just a paycheck, right? They don't know why they're there. It, it doesn't feel like they're connected to something important. And not not every business is You know, not all businesses are saving the world, Yeah, but, you know, even if we're not saving the world, if we understand kind of what we're a part of and we feel good to be a part of it, then we're going to be more engaged. There's a much bigger chance that we'll be engaged.
1: Okay. So, you know, once we kind of look at creating this vision, we know that the vision is kind of like the foundation for all future business planning and decision-making. So how will having a personal vision, an organization vision statement, how is that going to steer leaders in making future decisions inside the company?
0: Well, I think it's, it's going to help you decide when you have those difficult moments about, okay, well, what are we going to go after here? Like maybe it's a certain kind of business and we go, does that fit our vision, right? Do we want to go after that business? Or maybe it's a merger acquisition where you think, you know, let's, let's go buy this company and, and we sit there and go, well, does that really fit uh-huh. with what we're trying to accomplish? So I think it really makes you, it helps you make difficult decisions, uh, makes it easier. Right. And it also helps, I think, prevent you from doing things you'll regret, Where you go, oh, wow, that was a bad idea. That was a bad idea. We should not have done that. And so I think just stopping you, it's like, it's saying no to things. Because sometimes, you know, the shiny ball is pretty cool. Well,
1: it's pretty interesting because we've done enough interviews now that how many companies have we talked to that have been around, that have tenure, right? 30, 40, 40 plus years in business made one decision that almost completely wiped out the entire organization. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think looking at some of these and looking at the statements and and going, is this really the right vision? Potentially could be one of those things of going, hmm, we need to evaluate a little bit more. They still might have made the same choice. But at the end of the day, I think it's just allowing them to be in alignment.
0: And again, the big mistake, uh, leaders don't know how to communicate that. They don't know how to talk to it. They don't know how to create a story around it. They're just not good at it. They just put it on a wall, put it on a business card, put it on their website. And they think that's enough. Yeah. It's not
1: enough. Yeah. And it's interesting because you did said, talk about it all the time. Talk about it all the time. Because as we know, it's kind of like that roller coaster of engagement, not engaged, engaged, not engaged. Like you don't just do it once and go, oh, they're engaged. Now they're going to stay engaged.
0: And it also lets people choose if they want to be there. Let's say they, like, what if they don't like your vision? Then they should probably go. Because they're not going to do, I mean, they'll do okay work. It's not like they're going to sabotage you. But at the end of the day, they're not going to, they're not going to bring it all. Like right. They're not going to bring a hundred percent of their effort because they don't really believe in what, what you, what you're talking
1: about. Yeah. Okay. So we've got this vision statement, right? So we, we personally, I know where I want to go. Now I'm trying to communicate what the company's to be, right? Here's the vision of what we're doing at this company. It's who we want to be. So now we've got this mission statement, right? And the mission statement's more about what we do. So, so how do you define it? What goes into the mission statement? Who should create this, you know, this part of the organization? How, how does a company go about creating this?
0: you know, it's the mission. It's what we do. It's, it's who we serve. Um, it's how, what we do for our customers. It's the way we achieve the vision, right? It's it's how we're going to do that. So it keeps us all on track, keeps us focused. And um, it's, it's typically done by a team of employees who who work together to help create that. But it's got to really support the vision, right? It's got to be very specific. So, so
1: why in your mind, why would the employees do it? Why don't, why doesn't the leadership just, you know, here's our vision vision and here's how we're going to do it. And why don't they just dictate it from the top? Why, why do you see this being important that the employees do it?
0: Well, they tend to be the ones talking to your clients and your customers. They understand the culture of, of the business. They also understand what your clients really need. What are they, what are they about? And they can kind of bridge the gap between some of that, that vision of where and you know what we want to become to how we're going to do it. And they understand maybe some of the subtleties too around what makes us really good at what we do, mm-hmm. right? What makes us different and unique as an organization.
1: So in your mind, why why would it be important that employees be able to recite the vision and mission without being prompted? Why is it important that employees actually know? It's not something that's created, put in a handbook, put in a drawer, nobody looks at it again, why do you think it would be important that if I went into a company and talked to an employee and said, what's what's the vision here? What's the mission? And they could actually tell me what it is. Why would that be important? How do
0: we make hard decisions? You know, if we don't understand clearly, you know, what we're trying to be and then how we're going to do it, it guides all of our actions, right? So we might go, we might be in a difficult spot with a customer where we're being asked to do something and we go, it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And then we do it anyway because, you know, customer's always right versus, yeah, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't really fit our mission. I think we we need to exit that relationship and, and gain a new one. Because if you build your company, again, incongruency with the vision and the mission and everybody gets it, we're going to be more efficient. We're going to be more connected emotionally to our decisions and it's it's just going to allow us to perform i think
1: at a higher level i think that makes sense because a lot of what you just said really dovetails nicely into so we've got this vision and mission but that then leads to our values our beliefs inside the organization and that ultimately leads to the behaviors of the people who work there so if we're kind of looking at you know values and beliefs inside an organization where do those come from like how does a employee inside the company go that's truly what we value as a company like how do they see it what should be happening for an employee to go yeah I, I believe that's what we're about
0: you know there's vision so you got vision that's what we what we aspire to be mission is how we do it and then we got corporate values it's supposed to be kind of the guardrails on how we live our lives within this company right what are we going to do right so let's you know a lot of companies will have something around people right, right. we value our people just okay. some random one like that there's probably a million of those the question is do they really right so when those core values are are created, you know there's there's what's created and then there's what's reality. And with organizations, if they say we value our people, they should have lots of stories that support that. Right. Like, oh yeah, we value our people. So when so and so had a problem medically, you know, yeah, we didn't have a policy to let them take off 3 weeks, but we did it and then three people chipped in to cover their job because we valued them. Right. Right? And we didn't want them to feel un, you know, like they're just left in the lurch. Mm-hmm. Or you know we say we value our people, but then you don't provide any budget for training your people. Right? There's sink or swim. Yeah. I mean, how does that really support that? So we need to have those values out there, and and then it's it's always what the behavior is that we do and that's accepted and that's promoted. Like what gets you promoted? That's that's your values, right? Right. So if you're a you know get her done at all costs, cut any corner kind of company, mm-hmm. and that's what gets done well then you know you cut corners and somebody gets hurt well you you know you can't say you have safety you don't value safety (laughs) like yeah it doesn't really fit right because then you wouldn't have done
1: that Right. And we've seen that before. We, we've been able to go in and talk to organizations about values and you get to see it right away. You can hear it when you, when they don't have those kind of stories. So values can be, you know, one word. We hear that all the time, like honesty, integrity, inclusion. It's all about people. So we've got these values that, that companies can create. And then the beliefs are going to be more statements that they believe in that are derived from that value. So I think it's really critical that companies have, here are the things that we value, but here's our belief system. Hmm. Now, in your experience, Chad, how do, how does that then dovetail into behavior? So we've got these values, we've got beliefs around you know the things that we value. How does that dictate our behavior?
0: Well, I heard an, an example one time. Since we work a lot in the sales world, a company that had two high performing salespeople, but they they had this value of respect, right, and meaning that you had to treat everybody in the company you you know with what they defined as respect. So these two gentlemen uh, weren't of that and the CEO found out about it and publicly fired them in at the sales conference they were their top performers and they did that because they so believed in that you know we're not going to tolerate anything that looks like lack of respect and we're going to act on it immediately no matter what the cost right that's you know you know what's your value when you do it when it hurts yeah Right, and so that's behavior, right? The behavior of not tolerating that and not saying, "Oh, geez, okay, well, I guess it's okay because they bring in a lot of money, and oh, it's okay because they, you know, they sell a lot. It's okay, yeah. we'll put up with that." No, no, they won't, and we'll we'll be better. We'll find somebody who who fits. Yeah, not not that. So, and,
1: and how many times have you heard a, a company that is dealing with that kind of cancer, and then when they finally get to the point to make the decision, the first thing they say is, "Man, I should have done that a lot sooner."
0: Well, and the rest of the team. There's there's like, er, there's a lot of weight that gets lifted off people's shoulders when, you know, somebody you you might have like, and this is very common in a company, you have somebody who's a technically a high performer in their role, but they're emotionally or they, they're abusive to people or whatever. And we think, oh, we can't get rid of them because we're not living our values, whatever those are. Like we don't either know what they are. And it's the only thing we seem to value is making more money. Yeah. Well, you're going to get all kinds of wonky behavior
1: that's that's interesting you're going to get a whole bunch of the the staff that see that and go that's what we stand for here and then right. that's going to dictate their their future behavior so when it comes to values you know there's obviously ones that we can come up with that are positive but there's also ones that we see in organizations that are not so positive like learned helplessness you know, mm-hmm. come and ask me, and that you're you're inserting yourself in, in the in the way that you know to get your emotional needs met, or whatever it is that everybody has to go through, so you can feel important. Any other ones jump out of your top of your mind are just values that are incongruent with with organizations about you know challenges that we see. Like one that comes to mind is companies that quote everything, mm-hmm. yet their close ratio on quotes is like. or less. And Mm -hmm. you're like, why did we do that? And the value is we, we have to do that, but there's no real reason behind it. You know, you said one already, customer is always right. Yeah. Right. That's, that's a, that's a belief that, that companies have not necessarily the right one. I just think it's important that we kind of look at what some of those are.
0: Well, and, and the other one, get her done. I think that's, that's such a, especially on a small entrepreneurial type business small to medium size get her done right that's how usually the entrepreneurs started the business get her done yeah work whatever hours do whatever it took you know figure a way and that sounds on the surface really good that being said it has a flip side right because what if you expect everyone to quote unquote get her done which means now they all have to work 80 hours and the expectation is they answer their phone on saturday at midnight and whatever is that really what you know what's that doing to them Right, you know, I mean, there's always moments where we got to step up, but it shouldn't be all the time, or you know, get her done, meaning don't follow any rules and just do something, you know, because we're nimble. But then, what happens when somebody gets hurt or something yeah. bad goes wrong, right? So, right. so on the surface, things can sound really good, but you got to make sure people truly understand you know, what, what the value statement is there. What are we doing?
1: Maybe just reiterate. So, you know, the company benefit of people inside that organization, top down demonstrating their values and beliefs on a consistent basis. What do you feel is just the biggest benefit of that?
0: I think it's trust, you know, that, that, you know, you say you do and say what you are like, you don't have one, you don't say one thing and do another. So, that just creates trust if you say that my people come first as a leader and you park in the first stall at the front door with your name on it in brass and nobody can park there are you, what are you saying uh-huh. if you park at the back corner and walk across the whole parking lot cuz your people need better parking spots and you should have the worst one that to me says a lot and people see that and they go yo okay you get it you you're different yeah so you know don't say one thing i think it's just it's just trust and transparency if you If you really believe it, then you should act it. And that's where I think either we don't, we haven't come, we haven't gone through the process of figuring all this stuff out. So we just do what we do. And not saying, you know, there's lots of people who have lots of great values. They
1: just, you know
0: they don't know how to communicate
1: them. Yeah, I, that's the key. So I think the the takeaway today is: what's your personal vision? What are you trying to create? Once you've got that, is it in alignment with the organization vision? Where is it going? What's the mission? So we know what we want to be. How are we going to do it? So the mission tells us what we're going to do and who we're going to do it to you know, can we communicate our values in a way that people, it starts to build trust within the organization. We create the beliefs when we see that, which dictates our behaviors. And I really like, I like how the takeaway here is if you want more trust with the people who are, you know, delivering the mission that you've set out, um, you need to be able to establish those values and beliefs and show them. And that's how you're going to get trust in doing it.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, again, there isn't a business owner out there who probably hasn't heard of create your vision, create your mission. These are values. This is not new information. So the issue is, are you communicating it effectively? Like, do you have a communications plan to do that? Right. Right. Do people actually know it? Do you know how to build that into every part? Do you hire for values? Do you live your values when it hurts? Do you make hard decisions that don't fit your mission? If something's outside of it, do you, do you, do you, stop doing it right? Not, you know, those are the difficult things that I think get missed. Right. And if you're going to have a long-term um, successful business, these are, these are critical things. They're not something that I think you do. I, I just don't think you, they're, they're not a throwaway event. Like they're not just, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I get big enough, I'll do it. Yeah. Cause you got to build a foundation now. Not, not later.
1: So any recommendations? So I, I, I agree, this isn't new information. Some companies have maybe even gone through this process and created something and it's somewhere, but communicating it is paramount. And we've seen over and over and over how difficult communication can be inside organizations. So do you have any recommendations, tips, strategies, tactics that would help an entrepreneur who goes, hey, yeah, this is something I need to be better at. What would be some things that they they could implement to just be able to communicate some of this stuff better.
0: To me, it's, it comes back to start collecting stories that, that show, you know, to give the example, whether that somebody in your company did it, you, you know, your customer told you about it, collect stories because people connect to stories. They connect to that. And we, we all love a good movie. We all love a good, you know, TV show, whatever, because there's a good story. And so when you collect the stories, you start showing, you can see how you're really living all of those elements. So number one, just make it a habit to tell a story at every meeting. Like what's a story that illustrates one of our core values? What's a story that shows how we're accomplishing our mission? What's our story that shows that we're taking another step toward our vision? Like, well, you know, tell stories, collect them.
1: Hey everybody, Matthew Donnelly here. And this concludes our first episode of Business Bites. And this also concludes the first season. And man, did we ever have a lot of fantastic entrepreneurs with just phenomenal journeys and great stories. I hope you really enjoyed the previous entrepreneurs we've had on this channel so far. And and that embarks now on season two. And uh, season two is gonna come out in a couple of weeks with Krista Jones of Rose City Organizing. And she talked to us about... Her passion and how she got here was through self-reflection journaling about that journey of self-development. As a clutter coach, she's really going to talk about trying to declutter things so that you can move forward in, in meaningful ways in your life. And she's been able to do it in just a really interesting way through trust issues to acknowledging it and trying to grow from it. You know, stay tuned for season two. Thanks for coming along with us on the journey. And if you like what you've heard, feel free to follow us on social media, leave a review. Thank you so much.